today on CityCast Madison. We've got a new neighbor, someone you may already know, or at the very least, you've seen his work. He was there on President Barack Obama's first day on the job to his final hours in office. White House photographer Pete Souza documented historic moments, both large and small. From iconic photos of Obama in the Situation Room to the little boy reaching up to touch Obama's hair. Yeah, that was him. Sousa moved to Madison shortly after his tenure at the White House and still calls our city home. So we had to ask him what it was like being President Obama's shadow and get some pro tips on photography. It's Wednesday, June 28th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Pete, hello. How's it going? It's going super, super well. I understand you moved to Madison to be near family, but did anything else draw you here? Well, my wife liked Madison. She grew up in Ann Arbor. And when our daughter was doing her residency here, she visited, this is during the Obama administration, she visited her several times and and um, kind of fell in love with the city. So when she retired from teaching and I had left the, the White House, she said, let's move to Madison. And I said, okay. <laughs> so what's it like being outside of the Oval Office's immediate orbit, that DC 24-7 buzz? Uh, I mean, I can't say that I miss it. I mean, the job itself was so all-encompassing, both physically and, and mentally. It's just nice to be away. I think if I had stayed in D.C., I'd probably, you know, sort of miss the White House more. Sure. But being, you know, being far removed is sort of a nice thing. You don't feel that you have to keep up with every little thing that's going on. Well, man, I mean, you did your job. (laughs) You have this amazing photo archive um, for President Obama and, you know, loads of photos for um, President Reagan. But I want to know, how did you see your role in such a unique position to be in? Was it to capture history, painting a certain narrative for the president? Like, what was your role? Yeah, I always viewed my role first and foremost as documenting for history. That I was, you know, the eyes for history in terms of showing what his presidency was like, what he was like as a human being. Every single picture that I that I shot for both administrations is now at the National Archives. You know, that's the primary purpose of creating this visual record of a a presidency is these are images that eventually all will be in the public domain and for, you know, for future generations, important in terms of research and looking back and getting maybe a better idea of what not only his presidency was like, but what as I said, what he was like as a human being. And, you know, think about if we had had that kind of a visual record of, you know, Abraham Lincoln's administration, you know, that was when photography was first starting out. And there isn't that kind of a a visual record of his presidency, we have to conjure things up in our imagination. So I always, I always thought about not, you know, just 50 years hence, with my photographs, but I was thinking, you know, 500 years, like hopefully we'll still be around as a democracy in 500 years. And, you know, and if we are, people will actually be able to go back and look at all the pictures that I shot. 
You said um, all of the photos will be on the National Archive. So that means, you know, some of them, you know, were not released to the public. I'm assuming sensitive moments, that sort of thing. 1.9 million photos in eight years. And 1.9 million. And in terms of what we made public, it was, you know, for the White House website, uh, as as uh, Instagram came along in the middle of his first term, uh, we had a, a Flickr photo stream, which back in the early 2000s was kind of the way of sharing photos. You know, all those photos, because they were made public during the administration, are immediately in the public domain. Whereas the other ones, um, we've now passed a five-year mark when he has left office. This is getting in the weeds a little bit, but we've now passed a five-year mark, which means that someone can FOIA, file a Freedom of Information Act request for in any photo. I mean, the Washington Post did this, did this exact thing with all the photos that I shot the day of the bin Laden raid. And the National Archives released, I don't know, five or 800 pictures to them. Eventually, they'll all be out there for public consumption. But, you know, you mentioned the Osama bin Laden raid. You were there, these tense shots from the Situation Room, key moments, international conflicts. And they're, you know, now famous photographs. But there are some other ones that are just as iconic that are just the everyday. Like, I'm thinking about the little boy touching Barack Obama's hair. And I, you know, I feel like those were almost just as critical. What what would you say? Yeah, I mean, in, in many ways, those are my favorite photographs, not necessarily the historic photographs. I mean, obviously, the Situation Room photograph during the bin Laden raid is historic in it. In a sense, it's like not a kind of it's not the picture that I have hanging in my house. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I, I am more uh, I gravitate more towards those uh, moments just of everyday life. I mean, you mentioned the picture of uh, young Jacob Philadelphia touching his head. Certainly that photograph is, is you know, one, one of my favorites probably. And I just think it, it reveals so much about him as a human being, Barack Obama as a human being, that he'd, you know, go ahead and bend over and let this little kid touch his head like that. So yeah, for sure. Me, for me, the the everyday, non-historic moments were were the ones that I gravitated towards. And you know, and quite frankly, it's the kind of photographs I've done throughout my career, not necessarily with presidents, but just trying to capture moments of everyday life of normal, you know, American citizens, or in, in oftentimes. Uh, world citizens. So um, certainly, I, I would I would agree with your sentiment. Yeah, I mean, I hear the saying the personal is political a lot. Does that resonate? Yeah, I mean, I think that when you see a photograph like that, you you know a couple of things. One that it's an authentic photograph. I mean, you can't you know you can't uh, stage a, a photograph like that. And it's you know the if you look at it. From a photographic standpoint, the composition maybe is not that great, but I did get the you know the precise moment, and it's just such a human moment, and I think that you can't fake that. I mean, I think it 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 shows his true character. If anything, I hope people come away looking at my pictures to see the humanity and uh, what Barack Obama was like as just as a person. What was he like? Not that I'm dying to know, because I am. <laughs> he is what 
you know, what my pictures show. I mean, he's the, the, I think the, the one advantage I had in photographing him is I had known him for four years before he became president. I wasn't friends with him, but I was a, you know, I had a professional relationship with him having worked at the Chicago Tribune and spent a lot of time with him when he was the U S Senator um, traveled with him to five countries for the Tribune. So I got to know him professionally. And um, I think that, you know, there's a certain comfort on both sides in, in terms of when you're in somebody's personal space, like I was with him very often, you know, you sort of got to have some sort of a relationship with the person that you're photographing. And I think that was invaluable to me, you know, when he was elected president and that I wasn't overwhelmed by, oh my God, it's Barack Obama, the president of the United States. You know, it was somebody that I'd known for four years. So I was very comfortable being in his presence, which I, which I think made it easier for me to concentrate on, you know, my job is to, you know, document everything he's doing, photograph everything he's doing, and not get caught up in maybe being a little overwhelmed at being in the Oval Office of the Situation Room. Sure. Well, and, and you'd been there before as well. Yeah, i had been there before. And I think that that also was a helpful experience. I was very young at the time. I wasn't the chief photographer. But, you know, I found myself in situations with President Reagan, which were quite tense and intimate on different occasions. And so you learn to navigate in those situations. And then you know, following the Reagan stint, you know, I had 20 years, both as a freelance photographer and then working for the Chicago Tribune, having experiences all around the world in photographing many different events and subjects and wars. And uh, so, um, you know, I like to say <laughs> the people that I, when I started in the Obama administration, I was a seasoned photojournalist as a background. So Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking about, did you, uh, this is, did you call him Barry? <laughs> no, you, you you don't. There are certain lines. Yeah. I mean, even to this day, you know, I, he is either, you know, actually I kind of, I, I kind of called him POTUS because like Mr. President seems like, like a little too, too much to get out sometimes. So either POTUS or sir, which I still refer to him even when I talk to him in, in, that way. I do call Michelle Michelle now, but <laughs> I don't call him Barack. You're an expert photographer, and a lot of people want to be photographers today, especially with Instagram and that sort of thing. And people think, well, how do I get good? Yeah, and I think that I, I heard an interview on NPR one time with an author, and the interviewer asked the usual question, which was, what advice do you have for aspiring you know, authors? And, the, and this person replied, write one page every day. So if you take photography and apply that wisdom to photography, it's get out every day and make pictures. I mean, Cartier-Bresson, Henri Cartier-Bresson, the famous French photographer who is known for the decisive moment, capturing the decisive moment, mostly a street photographer, meaning he would just take, not random, but pictures on the street, unplanned, unstaged, he once said that his worst pictures were his first 10,000. 
And I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's where experience and, and learning and making mistakes and growing, evaluating your work, having somebody other than your parents or your roommate, you know, look at your work, but somebody who's going to give it honest critiques, looking at what other photographers are doing, not necessarily to copy them, but to try to understand how they approach, you know, their subjects. It's a constant learning process. I'm still, you know, learning. I, I, I feel I don't know everything. And so, I mean, there's always a search for trying to create a good photograph that's that's different, that's different than what you did two weeks ago or two years ago or 20 years ago. You know, authors say, right, photographers take photos. And also now people have these smartphones, right? These like kind of fancy cameras in their hand. Do you think that people can, do people have an excuse? Can they get out there and, and take really quality photographs today? Oh, uh, you mean like with a smartphone? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Um, I mean, there are certain limitations I, I mean, I have an iPhone. I shoot photos on my iPhone. It's good for some things. It's not a professional camera. So, I mean, it's fine for doing selfies and, you know, pictures of your dog and your kids and and stuff like that. But, it, you know, there, it has certain limitations. You could still take a bad picture with an iPhone. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of it is having a, a better sense of framing and composition. And so many people only shoot vertical with their phone, which is a no-no. I wouldn't say it's a no-no, <laughs> uh, but I think that you can turn the camera horizontal and make a horizontal picture, you know, so don't limit yourself to vertical. I also think that there, there's a tendency for people with a smartphone to shoot every photo from the same angle, whatever height they are. They never think of like getting down on their knees or getting up on a up high a little bit. Sometimes the, you know, the angle you're shooting from can change, can make a, a, a okay photograph, a good photograph. So little things like that. I've seen you posted pictures out here, like around wildlife. What's your life like here with photojournalism or photos, photography? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not out every day photographing. I, uh, I'm actually been trying to organize my pre-White House archive um, so that's taking most of my time and doing ver various things. I have two grandkids, granddaughters now, so I spend a lot of time with them. But I mean, yeah, I occasionally get out and photograph. Um, I went out the other day with uh, Kenton Fowler, a local uh, Madison photographer, and we were photographing the uh, blue herons uh, there at, uh, in the Arboretum. I saw that. They, that was beautiful. It's like a family. Yeah. I have covered a few, like during the George Floyd protests, I went out and photographed some of those protests, um, you know, just uh, the result of the election, the when Roe v. Wade was overturned, there was a protest rally at the Capitol. I went and photographed that. Uh, I spent a few days with Mandela Barnes during the Senate campaign, just like on my own, not for a publication. So I'm trying to do, th you know, things every now and then, but but it's not something I'm doing like 100% of the time. Sure. You got to chill some. <laughs> well, chill. And, you know, I am out of town uh, a fair amount. Um, and so I'm not always in town when things are going on. You know, sometimes I get out there to, to photograph either wildlife or my peonies growing in the front yard or 
I, I like photography, so I, I try to I try to get out there as often as I can to photograph, but it's not every day. Do you think there are any like iconic spots in Madison to shoot, like when you do get out? Well, in terms of democracy, you know, just go up to the Capitol. Uh, it seems like anytime there's something going on that that there that's a kind of a gathering place for uh, people to express their view. Uh, and, you know, and I live near the Capitol, so it's easy for me to just walk up there. And then, you know, I think I've probably, I'm trying to think of the, I've probably spent more time in the Arboretum than, than any other place. You know, it's not that far away. And if there's a big snowstorm, I end, I usually end up driving to the Arboretum because it's so beautiful in the snow. So I, I probably the Arboretum's not my number one go-to place. And, you know, I've, Photograph sandhill cranes there. My wife is a is a fanatic of uh, sandhill cranes, so I was kind of photographing them basically for her in, in in many ways. Good place to be. Oh, I love it. Well, it sounds like you. I was just going to ask you. It sounds like you do a lot for and with your wife. That's absolutely lovely. I mean, do you like Madison so far? We know she likes it. I like Madison. I don't like the winners, um, but what are you going to do, right? <laughs> That's true. So we tried, yeah, we tried to get away for a couple weeks, the last two winters, uh, just for a break, you know, from the weather. Yeah. So it sounds like you like the Arboretum. Do you have any other favorite spots so far? In terms of photographing, you know, the the lakes, of course. I don't know. I think I've probably spent more time at the Capitol or the Arboretum than any other place in terms of photographing. Yeah. You know, the the Capitol for you know, uh, as I said, for rallies and protests. And there just seems to always be something going on there. And then the, the Arboretum just for the, the beauty. Well, Pete, I hope you stay our neighbor. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing a bit about your journey as well as some great photography tips. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Pete Souza, chief White House photographer under the Obama administration and now a Madison resident. Speaking of the best of things, the deadline to cast your ballot in the best of Madison competition is this Friday, June 30th. CityCast has been nominated in the best local podcast category. And if we earned it, we'd love your vote. See our show notes for a link. And here's... Here's what else Madison's talking about. Learn more about photography. There are still a few spots left in a beginner's class hosted by the Madison Photography Group. The class is at the Monona Terrace on Saturday morning, July 1st. You do need a real camera, but professional instructors will be there to show you tricks to make sense of all those camera settings so you can up your photography game. You also will need to reserve a spot ahead of time. We'll toss details in our show notes. And if you're a history buff, there's an event for you this Saturday. The Madison Trust for Historic Preservation is hosting a walking tour of the Mansion Hill, once the go-to neighborhood for Madison bigwigs. You'll learn about the architectural styles of the area and hear the stories of the familiar family names that once called Mansion Hill home. This walking tour starts at the Plaza Tavern on July 1st, and you need to register in advance. Details again will be in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this podcast with someone who catches the sunrise every morning? 
We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Talk soon.